You're listening to the 515 Podcast, led by Pastor John Wayne McMahon with Kingwood United Methodist Church in Kingwood, Texas. Thanks for downloading. Hi, welcome to episode 45 of the 515 Podcast. Jason Priestmeyer here with John Wayne McMahon. Um, as usual, but a little unusual because it's super dark outside, John Wayne. Yes, that's right. We're we're having a. I've messed up our schedule, and so we've had all kind of just weird schedule yeah. interruptions. So yeah. we're making do, and this is going to be cool. Yeah. Um, not the least of our schedule interruptions is today was day <laughs> one with wife going back to work. Okay. And so I had baby for part of the day today. I know, and I, wow. and we're okay. We we survived. Where's the baby? Baby's good. Baby's no where? Oh, okay. But, yeah. <laughs> I'm like you forgot uh, it. <laughs> He's not here. The, the baby's with mom. Yeah, okay, yeah. good. Yeah. Okay, that was a test. Yeah, to, to make sure you know. So whenever you're listening to this, we're recording this quite late one evening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why we're a little punchy, I think, too, as well, because we haven't eaten dinner. Yeah, and that's a problem. All the filters are off. All exactly. Yeah, yeah. This is a uh, yeah. this is unplugged. Yeah, that's uh, right. Five fifteen unplugged. Yeah. Um, why don't you, before I get to my questions, and, and you'll be happy to know I wrote down questions yes! during the sermon. And brought it home. And remembered them. Mm-hmm. I did all the things. Yeah, you did it all. Uh, so now this is on so impressed. on you. I need you to remind me, please, what uh, where we are in the Make Ready uh, week five of Make Ready sermon yes. series. This is our Lenten sermon series. Week five. Yeah, it's week five. Week five. You're right. And we're getting very close. One I know Easter's week. coming. One more week. Okay, I didn't know it was that close. That's awesome. I'm nervous. Yeah, this week is Palm Sunday, but we're finishing Make Ready. Oh, okay. But Easter comes right after this yes. because we're we're talking about Jesus' kind of final teaching. So, yes. So it flows into Easter. Cool. So let's get let's get caught up. Yeah. So uh, um, so we've we've covered a lot of ground. Uh, if you've been following along, then you know that we're looking at a, a section of scripture right in the middle of John's Gospel from John 13 to 17, and so. Uh, we haven't covered that verse by verse, but we've been covering it section by section. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, staying pretty true to some of the transitions and divisions in that that bulk of teaching. And so uh, some final teachings of Jesus for the disciples, definitely some fine, definitely kind of a... Uh, a final layout from the evangelist, the author of, of John's gospel to put these together right. leading right into Holy Week. And so uh, there, there, there's something unique and powerful about what we're looking at. And particularly in a Lenten season, when we're preparing ourselves for resurrection, for Holy Week and mm-hmm, resurrection. Mm-hmm. It, this is a, um, this is a good place for us to be studying for six weeks. So yeah, it's for sure. Good. For sure. So, um, Tell me, I don't want you to redo the whole sermon yeah, yeah, yeah. from Sunday, yeah. but give us just the really quick elevator pitch of what this past week was about, and then we can get into my so, questions, which I'm holding right here. So hand. Sunday was a, uh, it was a sermon I didn't want to preach. It's one of those where yeah. the pastor starts studying, you're like, oh man, <laughs> like I don't want to do that. Um, and the reason being is because the more and more I looked at John 16, 16 through 33, that section, uh, the more I understood that Jesus is speaking right into um, the coming grief and difficulty that the disciples are going to have to face. And so in the context that we've been in at Kingwood United Methodist over the last year, yeah. that uh, dealing with grief and suffering and, and difficulty and things like that, this is a sensitive subject. And so 
Um, it's it's not because I don't want to bring comfort of the resurrection. Of course, I want no, to right. That. But it, it meant I needed to um, really buckle down, and God provided and, and really spoke yeah. to me through it and helped me through some some stuff that I've experienced over over the last year. And so um, I'm I'm hoping it was helpful for everybody else. But but in in saying that, what Jesus is doing is he's he's reminding them like right now you see me and and there's gonna very in very soon I'm gonna be going away mm-hmm. and then I'm gonna come back and your grief in me leaving will turn back into joy. And so um, know, know that that's about to happen. And so they're still kind of freaking out, not understanding uh, what that's going to happen. But Jesus is essentially saying that you're about to experience something that's probably one of the worst things that you've ever experienced. Like everything that we've been moving towards is you're not quite going to understand it. And so I'm going to I'm gonna go away, but know that I won't be gone forever. And they're just not hearing all of the teaching and all the clarifications that are coming from Jesus. And Jesus is just still trying to comfort them and tell them about um, things that are going on. So there's some back and forth that happens. A lot of that has actually happened. I think I referenced a couple weeks ago that this is a typical uh, Jewish kind of rabbinic uh, writing because Mm -hmm. you've got the, the, the learners, the students asking questions. You've got the teacher answering the question. Mm -hmm. So the disciples ask a question Jesus responds. The disciples ask a question. Jesus, in fact, in this one, they're wondering or asking themselves. And Jesus goes, are you wondering about blah, 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 blah? And they're like, yeah. And so yeah. then he answers it. And That's so, funny. A um, lot going on here, uh, but definitely some hope and um, future joy that's found in this text. Yeah. But in, in saying that Jesus is promising future joy, we're also acknowledging that Jesus is promising current suffering and grief mm-hmm. and so that speaks into our context as well in different ways um no matter what's happening in your life you probably walked through some grief and suffering and so we wrestled with some of the practicality of, of walking through those seasons yeah um last week how's that that was good that was more than an elevator pitch that was but that's good um i'm gonna go off the the roadmap here yeah, because didn't we say something recently you said it or i heard this somewhere that jesus like for all up until now he's been like talking in parables and not riddles but like kind of beating around the bush and not just clearly coming out and saying this is what i mean but at this point he started doing that well see they actually say so jesus says it in verse 16 verse chapter 16 verse 25 though i've been speaking figuratively a time is coming when I will no longer use this kind of language, but will tell you plainly okay. about my Father. And then later on in verse 29, the disciples say, Now you're speaking clearly and without <laughs> figures of speech. Uh-huh. Now we can see that you know all things and that you do not even need to have anyone ask you questions. This makes us believe that you came from God. I think that that's referring directly to a couple things. Yes. I think Jesus is saying, I've been speaking figuratively about the relationship between the father and myself mm-hmm. like they're talking directly about that one thing not yeah. that jesus just overall has been speaking right, right. figuratively okay. because in fact in the with the disciples he's actually been speaking more plainly with the disciples mm-hmm. than he has with some of the multitudes and when he's doing other teachings so it's not always it's not always through parables that yeah. he's teaching the disciples 
Um, however, Jesus says there's going to be a day where you'll understand the relationship between me and my father very plainly because you're going to see it. You're mm-hmm. going to understand it. And so that's kind of the play that's that's happening right here. I will also, but I will acknowledge what you're saying has some truth to it. Okay. As Jesus gets closer to the cross, it seems there's a trajectory where he gets more yeah. uh, forthcoming with the disciples. And right now in the uh, the final discourse, the upper room discourse, it seems like he's really laying out the final things I need you to hear. And it's maybe re- reiteration of things he's taught. Maybe it's new things, promising the Holy Spirit, stuff like that. So when he says, so you believe me now? How is how how am I supposed to read that? Is it like a they just said we believe you and he's like you do believe me or is it is it kind of like a like come on you believe me right or it, or how how is no I think how he, should I be reading that? I think he's pressing really hard on on what they're saying because uh, the the next line is oh you believe me now well in a couple days you're gonna be scattered to your homes and you're gonna leave me alone yeah but remember that I'm never alone I'm with the Father and so. They're saying, yeah, you believe this hope or you believe what I'm saying. You believe that God sent me to be with you and Mm -hmm. you're believing all of this intellectually. But there's going to come a moment when your life is at stake or seemingly at stake as people come to get me Mm -hmm. and you're going to run and pretend like you don't know me. Yeah, that's he's he's calling them on that. So that's what I want to. That's what I wrote down. Um, Like what at what point? point in the timeline did this part of the conversation come, uh, okay. happen so so probably somewhere around the last supper okay so pretty close yeah so if i, I don't know if we i'm so confused about what conversations i've had around um, this, uh, this text or me, not yes, exactly. whether it was on 515 or uh-huh. whether it was in another context but um so john's gospel does not cover uh specifically the the last supper as far as the eucharistic meal the passover meal mm-hmm. we don't okay. we don't have jesus saying uh, take this this is my body right this is my, we don't have those words but john also has the foot washing and the uh, the synoptic gospels don't have that mm-hmm. and so a lot of people will say the foot washing meal that they have together is the last supper okay well maybe but there's no like distinction or clarification mm-hmm. of that um so i think many scholars would would assume that What's happening here, remember I, I talked about at the beginning that um, in Greek culture and even in Jewish culture, it would be typical to have a dinner party, to have dinner together and then invite in a teacher or entertainment. Right, okay. And so it's probably, Jews, and, and with Jews, the teacher that they're following, they would eat dinner together and then he would expound on some scriptures or mm-hmm. things that he would teach and, and share with them. And so... The, what's possible is that there's multiple meals going on in the final week leading yeah. up to Jesus's final sacrifice. And John's gospel has grouped them all together to kind of look like it's one sitting. Mm-hmm. And it's probably not. Yeah. And here's a clue that we have, because the way it reads, for the most part, it looks like it is all happening in one time. But if you look at the end of John 14, so John, first of all, John 14, Jesus is comforting his disciples. He promises the Holy Spirit. Um, he tells a little bit about how the world's going to hate you. Then right at the end of John 14, he says, come now, let us leave. And then okay. John 15, 1 says, I am the vine, 
Mm-hmm. And you are the branches. He gets right into another teacher. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, wait, did they leave? Like, where <laughs> did they go? Like, why is this teaching continuing? Yeah. And and then it it goes on like they're still sitting around the dinner table. So it looks like the author or there was a editor, like a biblical editor, exactly. that brought it together. Yeah. And grouped it because it stands to reason that these guys were all, all together for this whole week, and they're not. You're not just gonna have one meal. You know, yeah. you guys would hang out if you had visitors in town. You guys would, would well, do things multiple nights. And, and also out. remember that the 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 uh, purpose of the biblical author is not for direct historical right. reporting. Right. To report every detail, mm-hmm. it's to capture some theology. It's to tell the story of Jesus, and so you don't have to. You can tell Jesus teaching four nights and group it into one night, yeah. and especially when we understand that ancient um, biographical writings, people, we've talked about this yep. before, um, the way that they wrote about people, uh, it, it, like an autobiography kind of thing, is much different than how we would write today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so my question is, once they said, yeah, we believe you, um, and then, how do I phrase this? Because I wrote this so many days ago. Okay. <laughs> um, did they b- did they believe it enough that they remembered the conversation they just you know they'd had out that night whatever it was? Yeah. yeah so sure. then when the crucifixion happened, were they like? I mean, I, I'm almost answering my own question. They're like, this is what he meant. Probably not. I mean, but like, how how do where do you think their their minds were during that whole process? Did at any point did they go? This is really what he was talking about, you know, the other day when he said he's going to leave us, but then he came back. And then if that was the case, would would they have been more um, hopeful during those three days when he was when he was gone? Um, clearly, they weren't. They were really distraught. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what are we going to do next? Right. <laughs> he's looking up intently. I think I've stepped. Well, in. no, I was nope. thinking about. um I was thinking about Peter in particular because coming up in in uh, John's account of Peter's betrayal. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. I like how I took one question and like turned it into three, four rapid-fire questions. So, um, so some of this is going to be conjecture a little bit, but sure, think yeah, about this. Of course. Like, I, I think that Peter probably... So right after this is all going on, Peter denies Jesus three times as he was foreshadowed to do. Yes. And then Peter probably is going to... Uh, I think it's like the author of John's Gospel says he denies him three times and then the rooster crows. Mm-hmm. And Jesus told him, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows. And so there's probably that moment when the rooster crows and Peter goes, oh, crap. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like a, a light bulb kind of okay. thing. Okay. So there's and so I bet there is there is a level of conviction, mm-hmm. uh, but in the threat of their life being exactly. at stake. Yeah. And they don't really have a framework for what's going on, mm-hmm. right? And so, like, we were talking about this before we even started. Mm-hmm. Jesus has alluded to the resurrection, like, in many different ways over and over again. And uh, they just don't understand it. So when Jesus is dead and put in a tomb, they just are convinced it's over. Yeah, sure. And so um, the reason is, is because Jewish 
Jewish belief had some framework for resurrection, but it was completely different than mm -hmm. the Christian understanding of resurrection. So Jewish framework had resurrection as a peripheral event that only happened at the end of all things. Mm -hmm. And it was an end time event. And even then they were very conservative about it, didn't really focus or talk about that. Um, but all of a sudden, in seeing Jesus's resurrection, when they finally see him, their the Christian understanding of resurrection is completely changed. Like yeah. now, it becomes very central to their faith, and there's an understanding that this is a spiritual event, not just a physical event. Like there's real bodies involved in this resurrection. All of their beliefs are completely transformed. And so I say all that to say they had no framework to understand even the illusions that Jesus was dropping so that when it happened, that the grief and suffering that they endure would not overshadow yeah. even some of the illusions they got from That Jesus. makes perfect sense. That, 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 that exactly sense? that exactly addresses it yeah. for me. Yeah, so it's like, yeah, during this moment of intense suffering and, and just, just distraught, yeah. you're not gonna remember, now wait a minute, didn't you yeah. tell us something that would make us feel really good right yeah. about now? You yeah. know, that's just, that's not gonna happen. Any human's gonna have yeah. a, a completely different reaction. And obviously, obviously I'm projecting a lot here, but- Yeah, and but I'm asking I mean, you to, so that's fair. Like, we, we can't ask Peter to come in and join us on the 515. Be I cool. A, got a special guest for our Skype one year anniversary. Yeah, Skype him in, yeah. hang up Peter. <laughs> um, you know, he's the rock. <laughs> We're getting the rock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The rock. Sorry. Um, the rock and Peter. On you said you wanted the rock. I got Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. Um, it's late, folks. You We're said something. Out of control. <laughs> you said something earlier that I want you to don't forget. Um, that this resurrection it signaled a change in the, uh, or, or it signaled the. Uh, the the fact that this happened, the truth that this happened, oh, yeah, historically. Yeah. Thank you, Hill. Yeah. So so um, the fact that the resurrection was so different before Jesus's, let me say, alleged mm -hmm. resurrection, mm -hmm. um, because if we're talking about the historicity of this, did this actually happen? Well, the fact that the Jewish understanding of resurrection is so different, and then all of a sudden, all of these people are radically changed and resurrection now becomes the very central focus and theology of yeah. Paul and like the the writings that are happening they have an understanding of of physical bodies that now there's a a baptismal understanding of resurrection mm -hmm. that spiritually I can be resurrected so that's why why Easter mm -hmm. is still so important for us because an empty tomb means that my chains are gone and that I've been raised from the dead and it is no longer I that lives but Christ that lives in me all of those things have been changed and that's an indication of the validity of the resurrection because there's no way that you change thousands of years of theology Seriously, all of a no. sudden that well because you get together and go let's make something up guys right. let's <laughs> let's get on the same page and yep. then we'll die for it and everybody will believe us yeah. like yeah just it, it's a it's a it's an example or um definitely an affirmation of the validity of jesus he showed up man and it changed that's so cool they didn't know what to do with it they didn't have a framework mm -hmm. for it they spent the rest of their lives trying to understand what that meant for Jesus to have conquered death. Mm -hmm. I mean, it, it changed everything. That's cool. Yeah. We could end it there, but we yeah. want to 515 this up. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, we, yeah. Like, so during the 515 service, which yeah. which inspired this whole podcast, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, we would introduce well, questions. Well, I'm, I'm wondering, like, what, where, where are our listeners at or what, like, what are they thinking about? Yeah, for sure. 
And so that's where we got with those questions. Yeah. So you kind of came up with some, and I think that we could discuss them a little bit. Yeah, we kind of um, were inspired by that conversation. And yeah. also, we would love to hear some more questions if yeah. you have some right now. And this yeah. is, maybe this has spawned some. You know how to get in touch with us. Yeah. Facebook podcasts at kingwoodumc.org. Mm-hmm. Um, comments. Comments comment on, on, the, the on the Podbean. The, yep. Um, you can go over to John's house. We'll post his address at the very end of the show, so stick around. <laughs> no, you can't. Don't ring the doorbell. My ring. wife will beat you up. 4 a.m. They're already up, yeah. I promise. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so let's think of practical applications for yeah. for this message that we're getting from Jesus. You know, So how can we... How can we react when tragedy strikes, or how do we react? Yeah, because because in that. in light of this text, the disciples uh, they have a strong reaction to this, and I and I, I was thinking this week a lot about suffering and grief that mm-hmm. we we face, and and I don't know, like what, like I'm interested in hearing your thoughts, but I think I think a lot of a lot of times what we do is we can um, we can deny grief we can try and hide from it you know what i mean like we can run from yeah, it. yeah i mean there's the seven stages of yeah of grief yeah and etc i don't know them all yeah. but you know we all have heard them and you're just deniable you know right you're, you're um i think how do you react you know people tend but to, even in all of those seven stages what 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 are some of the what's the temptation that we have yeah i mean it's you want to you might want to to retract or yeah. retreat, I should say, yeah. and, and kind of be by yourself, yeah. get away from people. Yeah, um, you know, just feel sorry for yourself during that time, and which is understandable. Um, yeah, guess, guess what? Um, guess where Jesus finds Peter and the disciples? Where? What the ones that he doesn't appear to at first? Yeah, you know where Peter's at when? So Jesus hadn't seen Peter yet. He's seen some of the others. He appeared to Thomas. He appeared to Mary Magdalene. Yep. He appeared to the others, but he hadn't shown up to Peter yet. They're Peter, upstairs at the upper room, right? Well, not in no. John's account. He's out fishing. Oh, well, there you go. I mean, how many? He's, how many people? He's, he's probably trying to get away from. He is. Folks. He just yeah. wants to get away. Yeah. And do something that he loves that makes him happy. <laughs> yeah. Or, or at least makes him allows him to kind of just be alone in his thoughts. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. To look at it that way. Yeah. So yeah, we can pull away uh, suffering, grief. That's kind of a temptation, I think, mm-hmm. for us to to pull back. I think we see that in in scripture. That's what's what's happening in this story. But I think that's one of our indications. What's so dangerous about that? Well, as we've been talking about a lot, and that's the importance of community mm-hmm. and and why what that's the answer. What we should be doing, but definitely trying to withdraw and and seclude yourself. Um, it's just it's just not healthy, you know. You well, need, I think I think um, you need other people. Yeah, grief. Well, grief and suffering is so overwhelming oh, but that totally, you yeah. it's disorienting. Okay, yeah. And so when you're by yourself mm-hmm. and you're completely disoriented, mm-hmm. it takes you into places it's not healthy for you to be. Yeah, spiritually, mm-hmm. uh, you can fall into to treating suffering and grief in different mm-hmm, ways. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I've seen it in my family. I've seen it in yeah. different ways play out. I mean, when tough things happen and we don't have a plumb line, mm-hmm. we don't have anything to anchor us to truth and reality and hope and joy. Mm-hmm. And that's what Jesus is telling them. Like, hold on, because 
it won't always be like that. Mm-hmm. Your your grief will turn to joy. It will like I'm not I'm not gonna be gone forever. Like there's there's something that he's telling them to I'm not gonna take away the pain, but I want you to know that there's resurrection coming mm-hmm. is what he's mm-hmm. saying. And so that's we need someone to tell us that. Hopefully we find some of that in our faith, but I think we find that in our faith in community. So yeah. that's really important. So how? Um, so let's let's talk let's talk about that. Like how does community help out yeah. those specifically That's a those tough question. who it's, are affected by grief? I opened the person. sermon the other day by naming some of the really bad ways that we help yeah. with people going through grief and suffering. Yeah. Right, like just bad bumper sticker theology that's not helpful. Um, Every there's a reason for everything. God yeah. Has a, yeah. Has yeah. A, exactly. You know, one of the other things when I when I've been going through something or or as a pastor, I've I've, I've been with people going mm-hmm. through a lot of stuff, and our tem- our temptation is to always ask this: What question? How can I help? Yeah. What do you need? Yeah. Well, the person who's really in grief and suffering, mm-hmm. they have no idea what they need. No. And it's easier for them to say nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's a balance, of course, to help. It, it's. But it, it's just tough. It's just tough. And this how how can I help thing is not always the best way to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of things that we say that's not helpful. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think what I think one of the things that's important for me is when I've I've gone through grief or suffering, I knew what was helpful and what wasn't, and so I can I can respond that way to other people. Um, sometimes it means just listening, right? Just hearing somebody mm-hmm. out a little bit, or be just being present. Yeah, I've gone to the hospital um, so th- to be with families when they've gotten really bad test results mm-hmm. and things like that, and um, overwhelmed by not knowing what I'm supposed to say or do in that moment. Mm-hmm. And I just have been overcome by the feeling that God just wanted me just to be there. Yeah, just to be present, not to have the right answers. Not to have the answers because there is no really right answers for someone who's just been told yeah. that they have something really debilitating or life threatening, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. don't look for easy answers, just look for love and presence. How does that? Yeah. So how so let's go back to the community thing. How how can that help yeah people who are feeling low or alone or want to retreat and be by themselves, you know? How how Oh one one more thing before I get sure. to that. Okay. And commu- this is kind of a bridge. Okay. Um Try so hard not to be narcissistic when you're trying to help someone. Here's what I mean. That's okay. going to sound really offensive. Yeah, well, tell me. Narcissistic, this. like, oh, that hurt. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, would you call me? <laughs> uh, so so we can very quickly go, oh, yeah, when I lost my grandfather. Yeah. And we start talking mm-hmm. about ourselves, right? We quickly move into that world of kind yeah. of narcissism. And we don't mean it that way. We're trying to relate and try to help a little bit. Yeah. But really, when you lost your grandfather, it is not the same as when this person lost their grandfather. Right. They had a different relationship. You have no idea what they're feeling right yeah. now. And so just be be slow to jump into the when I experience blah 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 blah. Yeah. Like don't turn it on you. So it's natural to try to do that because you think that's gonna help well, and that's gonna yeah. provide comfort. But in reality, you need to just be aware that you're gonna try and do that and to dot to hit the brakes. Well, Jason, <laughs> if, you, if you're going through something really hard, um, you may not be quick to share uh-huh. your emotions and feelings. Right. And so I get really uncomfortable with you not saying anything. Mm-hmm. I try to find a way to comfort you. I think, you know, 
when I went through something similar to mm-hmm. what you're going through, and now I'm talking about me, and, yeah. and I don't know exactly what you're, and I get it, I, I do it. Yeah, it's my oh, tendency. It's, like I said, it's totally, it's a reflex gut reaction yeah. to, to do that. So yeah. just think twice about but it, right? in, But yeah, in community, mm-hmm. we can we can communicate um, some different things. I can I can help you get your mind off of it by let's let's go hang out, let's go grab a bite to eat, let's mm-hmm. let's go watch a game together. Um, let's play uh, uh, Pirates of the Sea. What's it called? Sea of Thieves. Sea of Thieves is on the what... Xbox. Like let's let's do something distracting <laughs> or like um, I, I I like to tell people like I'm here if you if you yeah. want to talk about it like mm-hmm. and I just let it like go from there and then just be with that person and and walk alongside them for a little while so anyways community does that but in in real like real talk from what we uh talked about last week community small groups Mm -hmm. they are the plumb line of the anchor they speak truth they encourage one another in scripture and in prayer they pray for one another if you don't believe in God healing and the presence of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. through difficulty, then you're not reading your Bible. Because Jesus says, Blessed are those who are mourning, for they will find comfort. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they will inherit. the Theirs is the kingdom. Yeah. Um, Jesus is the one who goes to those that have been bleeding for 15 years and lost everything, mm-hmm. have uh, been cheating folks out of their money and everyone hates them, have uh, been blind and deaf and crippled. Jesus is going to those people. And so Jesus is coming to you if you're walking through difficulty and struggle. Um, just allow Jesus to do that through other folks and people around you in community. Yeah. So um, before we close out, let's say how how does the resurrection reorient us yeah. in the middle of tragedy? So this is kind of yeah. This is the big message that we know is coming for Easter. This this resurrection. So how can we apply this today to our real lives? Yeah. So Jesus's main point in, in John sixteen sixteen through thirty three is is in a little while Mm -hmm. right now there's grief in a little while your grief will turn to joy um and that is what what how does he have the ability to say that well he's saying that because in a little while the resurrection is going to happen jesus himself is going to defeat death itself and so that leads to the words that Paul says in, in Romans that nothing because of the resurrection nothing mm-hmm. can ever separate mm-hmm. you from the love of God. Now death can't even separate you from the love of God because we know that there is eternal life, that there is ongoing life in for those that are in Christ Jesus. Um, but Jesus has also defeated evil and darkness and he has walked through the greatest burden. He has received the judgment of God. He has received what we deserved uh, for all of humanity so that we may be sons and daughters of God. And so whatever we face now in light of resurrection it's completely reoriented and we know that because of what jesus has done we are not alone mm-hmm. the holy spirit is with us god is with us through every bit of this and so we trust in that and then finally we trust because we know that jesus has won we know how the story ends and that no matter what we walk through because some of us unfortunately are going to walk through cancer and not not win that battle right we're going to lose people that are going to 
um, die tragically or go through something really hard and 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 like I don't I hate that and I don't mm-hmm. have all the answers but what I do know is that nothing in this life that we will face no pain no suffering will ever compare to the glory that we have in Christ Jesus and that is a hope that will help us and pull us forward through some of our darkest moments so the resurrection reorients everything for us that's how Paul has his boldness and his courage mm-hmm. That's how he writes from prison and says, yeah, we, sure. we rejoice uh, no matter what happens to me, whether I'm in chains or whether I'm free, uh, it is it is to be a service and to be put to, to God's work. And so that that's how I would that's answer great. that. That good? That works. Put a bow on it. That's great. So um, quick sneak preview of next Sunday. And then we're we're like full on holy. This week, Sunday right? we're finishing John 17. It's okay. Palm Sunday, so we'll have... Uh, Palms around. Awesome. That's my favorite. I love it. <laughs> but we're looking at the the priestly prayer. John 17 is all Jesus praying for his disciples. So I'm excited about this week. Awesome. It's really good. And then um, and then Holy Week, Thursday, next Thursday night, Holy Week, uh, Monday, Thursday service, mm-hmm. 7 o'clock in the sanctuary. Okay, sanctuary only. Good Friday, 7 o'clock in the sanctuary, 7 o'clock in the vine. Okay. There are two services. Uh, Saturday Easter egg hunt 10 a.m. on campus. Oh man! And then Sunday morning Easter sunrise service town center. Mm-hmm. Come at seven, a little after seven a.m. Be there early. Uh, bring a lawn chair. Bring a chair. Yeah. Uh, myself and Vine team will be out there leading that service. Mm-hmm. And then 9:40, 11 in the Vine. 8:30, 9:40, 11 in Sanctuary. It's gonna be full and packed and awesome. Uh, Easy to remember. That's yeah. why we recorded it on audio, so can't, you can can't rewind wait it. to see uh, the outfits that moms picked out for everybody. Oh yeah, that happens. That's for I, everybody. Didn't even, that's right. I was Husbands, thinking, if you're listening, I, I, they've already picked something out. So we're gonna have the fl- the flower cross, I presume, and we're oh gonna, yeah, flower cross for show score for show. Awesome. All right, love you guys. Thank you so much for your time and for sticking with us um, during this uh, just insane recording session. Yeah, yeah. Peace <laughs> we'll out. We'll see you soon. Bye.